Explore the depths of your curiosity with aerospace engineer John Connolly, Columbia Space Center's Benjamin Dickow, and CEO of Heavy Metal Magazine, Matthew Medney, as they bring scientists, engineers, and authors on a journey of discovery. This is putting the science in science fiction, where fiction and science collide. What is up, science fans? This is putting science in science fiction. I'm Matt Medney, and we have Ben Dickow here with me today. We have uh, our uh, lovely third host, John Connolly, is actually out in Europe, and he just got engaged, so uh, we're sending love and uh, congratulations his way. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about some current events, and uh, today being Monday, July 12th, yesterday, you were on uh, local uh, ABC News, weren't you? Yes, I was. Well, Ben, was I'd a love to chase. hear about what it was about. <laughs> no. Well, well, yes, yesterday we uh, we we had some science fiction come to science. So, for, uh, Richard, Sir Richard Branson uh, uh, was is the first real commercial air flight uh, into space in the history mm-hmm. of humanity. And mm-hmm. you were, uh, you know, commenting on it uh, for ABC. Like, tell me about it. Uh, well, I mean, the the broadcast itself wasn't huge. It was just, you know, they called me up earlier in the day just to make some comments because I run a space museum and space is in the name. Um, but uh, but really, it was it was pretty cool to see. It was a it was a momentous day. You know, one of the things they asked was, you know, what does this mean? And you know kind of what does it mean for for just space travel period and i I mean it's it is exciting it's like so you know space travel has been up till now very you know very much based in research and you know mostly government funded and all that kind of stuff and now it's kind of transverse transitioning into truly like someday every day everyday space it's just another place that we go and another place that we live and another place that we get to you know take vacation or something like that so i, th- I think that that's still a little long way off that most people can do this stuff but but still like it's the first step in that um and yeah i just th- i think it's super interesting that that it it is absolutely just sort of space for pleasure as opposed to space for any other sort of reason so, do you think that it is inevitable, the like the future in space now, like it, like with the um, I don't even know how to put it, like because th- that that plane, it's not even a plane, right? It, what would you yeah. what what would you cl- classify that? Because it's not a rocket and it's yeah. not a plane. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I would call it, I'd call it spacecraft, right? It went in space, so it's spacecraft. Um, sure. And it's, you know, it's propulsion system is a rocket. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it really, it's as much of a spacecraft as the space shuttle is. I mean, the space shuttle was, you know, it was a, um, basically the same thing, right? Just huge, big, powerful, powerful rockets on one end, and then just an airframe that glided itself back to earth. And that's pretty much, pretty much what we got yesterday. Now, yesterday, as I'm sure you're very familiar with, but maybe our listeners are not, there was a little controversy, right? Because 
some of the world doesn't classify right. that height as right. space, right? right. Uh, if I'm correct, they went 80, um, well, uh, 80, is it uh, miles? What, what, what is it? 80, uh, it, uh it, it, so it's, um, uh, they went 50 miles, well, 53 miles up. And in the United States, like NASA and the Air Force consider anything above 50 miles to be in space. However, the international community considers space to begin at 62 miles at the, what is it, Carmen line, the Van Carmen, Carmen line. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think some people are like, well, they didn't really go to space. But some people is everybody but the United States, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, right, yeah, because uh, the, the I fact think when, that I, I can when, remember... I, when I saw the, I think the eighty and a hundred were me, uh, were, were in kilometers, yeah. kilometers, kilometers, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which makes sense now because of course everyone but America would track it in, exactly in that <laughs> versus exactly whatever. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I can keep the is. yeah, <laughs> the fact that I can keep fifty miles in sixty-two miles in my head and not the kilometers says something. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, sure. There's totally controversy about it, but, um, which is going to happen anyway. I mean, that was the other thing too, is of course, everybody was like, or, or on the, on the show, I, they asked about Bezos going up in the next few days or something like that. And, you know, what does it mean to have you know, these two, these two competitors and things like that. So they're always going to try to stir up some controversy around it. And honestly, I think, you know, you saw in the buildup to it, I feel like Richard Branson's a really good marketer and he, you know, he knows how to, more. to cap capture the moment, whether there's controversy or no controversy. A hundred percent. I think um, for all of the press that I've seen on like, to your point, like these billionaires going up into space, blah, blah. I think it's the um, only way to push the, the button forward. I mean, hey, no mm -hmm. one's no one. No one's angry that a billionaire is Batman. You know, that that's sometimes <laughs> what it takes. <laughs> Actually, I just read something. Maybe it was on like a comic thread or something like that of like yeah all right so you got these billionaires who are going up in the space but when when are they going to reveal themselves as batman <laughs> I, I i was talking uh to a buddy the other day and he posted hold on, let me pull it up because i thought it was really funny he goes um what is it there there are 492 billionaires on this planet and not one of those losers has decided to become Batman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and I just responded to that. I was like, that's why we need to make me a billionaire. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, is there a job, job posting for that? Oh, that's awesome. Um, um, yeah, there's it's, more it's space, amazing. Uh, Controver controversy might be the wrong word, but there's more space news mm -hmm. since last time we were on, which is, and I, and you tell me if you agree, but I think China's effectively announced the ne the second wave of a space race. If you saw two oh, weeks yeah. ago when they said they're going to put a human, a Chinese national on, the on Mars by 2035, to right. me, that was like signaling the next dawn of a new space race. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think they're, I, I feel like their announcements have been pretty provocative. Um, you know, the, the Rover that was up there and stuff like that. I think, uh, um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're, they want it. Like they're, they're looking forward to it, to that, uh, to that competition. Do, do you think we're going to take it seriously or do you think we're going to not take it seriously mm-hmm. until it's too late? <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, you know, if the past 40 years is any indicator, then probably the latter would probably realize it too late and then have to catch up. Um, and honestly, honestly, man, you know, even back in the first space race, right? Like we were getting our butts kicked pretty badly up until like 68 or so. And we really sort of pulled ahead. And then of course the moon landing and stuff like that, but um, up until we let a bunch of Nazis run it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, there's that too. Um, but they had their own. They but, had their uh, own. They had their own Nazis. Um, yeah, that's but, true. But uh, but but yeah. So I mean, I mean, I, I obviously I, in the '60s, and you know, again, talking to the old guys who, old men and women who were working on uh, during that time, they all felt the pressure and felt like they were in a race and things like that. But um, but still, you know, the the machines of government and stuff like that move slow and aren't always the fastest to respond. And and yeah, we weren't we weren't very successful until towards the end of the '60s, really, as far as pulling over pulling ahead. I think. Um, do you, but yeah, so it kind of. Do you think this space forward. race will be more privatized? See, that's the thing. Is I think that what's you know obviously what's different now is I feel like China is a national and they want to compete as a nation state to nation state, right? They're going to throw down the gauntlet to the U S the U S might be slow to respond, but the private sector won't be. And so they're going to move forward. And so then, you know, what's it going to mean if a private sector, if, if some of these private sector companies start doing firsts, not just like the not just like yesterday and stuff like that like that's a that's more of a commercial side i guess but but like firsts of like you know if they get to the moon first or do whatever you know it's is there going to be a time when some of these these companies are doing the sort of historic first things that if the us as the nation state did would count in this um race you know what i mean um mhm you know, I think that's I think that's interesting, and so so it also means like okay, so if one of these private companies or one of these private astronauts or something like that does it, do they claim this as themselves? Do they claim this as a part of the United States because the company's in the U.S.? You know, what? How does that work? Or will they coordinate what they do? Like, will they coordinate historic things like that with NASA so that? NASA can say, oh, yeah, we got here first, but really all everything happened on the private side, you know. But anyway, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it opens up a lot of questions. Where do you think Elon sits on that? Because Elon <laughs> really he, does. Yeah. He gives all of it, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, it's, yeah. Elon, it's Elon's country when it comes to space, right? Because right. everybody and, else is so far behind. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. And I think, yeah, if anybody's going to, where does he stand on whether he's going to coordinate with the NASA? As long as it's easy for him, he'll do it. But if it's not, he'll just keep doing what he wants to do. Because, um, you know, like that uh, contract he just won, you saw you saw uh, the, the different bids and how they were. Blue Origin mm-hmm. was like, give us all this money and we'll try to make it. And Elon right. goes, you can pay us later. We're going to build it anyway. But right. if you want to give us the contract, we'll provide you one as well. Right. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I was like, this is like such, that was like such a Tony Stark line <laughs> to give. Is like, I'm I'm building this. I don't really need your money, but if you want to throw me a couple right. of billion, then I'll I'll hand you one of these. But like, we're not going right. to work with Justin Hammer over here. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what um. What I, 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 you know, with this episode, I want to kind of talk about some real space stuff because I'm curious your point of view on a yeah, few yeah. things. Because I was also reading, and correct me if I'm wrong on the dates, but I believe in 2026, this ISS is going to decay forever and it's going to fall back to Earth and that'll be that. Only if we wanted to, but yes, that is a that is a distinct possibility. Um, I have a feeling but that from what I was reading, that they were bit. decommissioning it. Oh, you think they're gonna? Yeah, they're gonna. The, they're gonna. Yeah, I, I think. It? Yeah, I think they might. I don't. I don't know if they're gonna decommission it. In, what is it? Four or five years from now? I think it's gonna. I think they're gonna try to to keep it going a little longer. It's kind of like Hubble. Hubble was supposed to be decommissioned a long time ago, and it's still going, and they're still keeping it together. Um, I think now is that you know, a I, money I feel thing like, or a nostalgia thing? For what? For keeping the like, ISS going? Yeah. Yeah, like, like, is there is there a reason why they don't just build a new one? Well, because, yeah, it's, I mean, right now it's totally a money thing and it's not a priority. I think, um, you know, the the space station, like, that's not something that you can just put together in a couple of years. That's something that's going to take, that takes a long time for, for manufacturing. And nobody's making that stuff right now. Um, everything is really kind of, you know, everything's focused on... The starship or supplying the station or something like that or getting to mars and doing artemis now that's the thing that i think if they can get their stuff together um you know the next iteration of the space station is supposed to be sort of the gateway right to the moon and then to mars and this sort of way station that might orbit the moon to you know that would be a, a stop on your way to mars um but you know that'd that, be pretty rad <laughs> That'd be super cool, but you know, uh, I wish John was here because he would probably have something to say about the SLS. But the Space Launch System, the big, the big rocket, is such yep. a such a boondoggle, um, and so much is being put into that, and still um, that I don't know how much they've given priority to any other station, you know, station next generation or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I my personal feeling is is that they. I don't think the space station is going to get decommissioned before there is a real viable plan for what comes next. And so far, nobody's talking about what's coming next. And and do you think a company will have to like form and then come up to standards before they can even think about it? Because NASA is not no. going to build anything in-house. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's the thing is like... Um, it really depends on what model they use, right? So I 
right now, I don't think that there's, well, I'm sure that they, all the private companies have sort of like private plans for stations, but I feel like NASA might be actually ahead of the curve on this one, um, having thought through kind of what's needed for these um, lunar missions and, and the Mars missions and stuff like that. So they may, they may take the lead and just contract out. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep NASA out of the space station race necessarily. I think the vehicle, I think the vehicle race is starting to, I think the, and you know, people in Mississippi and Alabama are going to hate me for this, but I really do think <laughs> that there's going to be a time when people are going to be like, you know, the SLS is just, it's time to cut our losses. Then, you know, we'll buy our heavy lift vehicles from Elon and that's okay. I think, yeah, I mean, I the, I mean, I, I think that's the most educated guess, especially with like how successful the big rocket is right now. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. thing to do the belly flop maneuver and come back down mm -hmm. on like, what was it? Mm -hmm. it? It never failed. It was not supposed to land right. the first time. Then the second time right. it did land and one of the landing things fell and that's why it blew up. But like they fixed that. Mm -hmm. But like the rocket mm -hmm. itself was like flawless from the beginning, mm -hmm. which is pretty wild, right? Even even mm -hmm. the Falcon yeah. 9 blew up the first time it, it went. So like their innovation is wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, Yeah, I don't know. Do you, um, out of I was gonna say out of curiosity, I was switching topics. Out of curiosity, did you see the Tomorrow yeah. War yet? No, no. What do you I, think? I've heard, is it I, worth it? I, I, I watched, no, I watched like the first five minutes. I turned it off. Um. I've heard, I, so I've heard that it's, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of good, actually a lot of good um, science, science fiction uh, breakdowns of that thing, which are like, all right, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that you have time travel. Why didn't you just go back to the moment before the aliens came? That's literally, that's literally, yeah. so, so to that point, I have a, I have a friend who actually listens to the show, shout out to Tommy, oh, cool. and, and he literally called me to tell me that after he watched it, <laughs> and he was, he was like, dude, you're gonna, he, he, he said you have to watch it for the show, because the moment they try to explain the time travel, you're gonna, you're gonna throw a, a rock at the TV. Cause he's like, it's just, he's like, it's just ridiculous. And then, and I try to get him to explain to me what was going down. And literally yeah. we start explaining it. And I say that, I was like, wait, so they can time travel and they don't, they, 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 there's two, they, there's two things they could have done. They could have A, gone to the moment before or B, mm -hmm gone 50 years in the past with futuristic technology and say build right. this because they're coming right 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 right, right. either right. of those two would have been fine <laughs> but let's but let's recruit a bunch of non-trained civilians right. and throw right. some futuristic right. guns in their hand and have them fight a a no-win war i was like it's a poor use of time travel <laughs> you know, and then, that's a thing. And, and then, and, go ahead. What I was gonna say, and then he was telling me how they they even say that it is unpredictable where they go, like where they land in the okay. time that they go back to. However, okay. they just happen to land on the field of the World Cup 
when everyone was watching. <laughs> so so, so they, they make a point to say that is unpredictable as to where they will land. And yet they land on the field of the World Cup where the whole world is watching. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Uh, oh, well, you know, that's it. Just it always it makes me think of like, oh, what, what, what was the pitch meeting for that? And it's like, hey, you know, there's a war in the future and we have to get new recruits, so we have this time travel. And I can see somebody being like, yeah, no, that sounds really cool, that's interesting. And then, you know, you're in production, and you're like, oh my god, this doesn't make any sense. But then you've already started the project, so you're gonna finish it. I, that's the only reason. Me. The only reason. I think it's that. Plus, they also said, and Chris Pratt is Star Lord, so we'll, he's right. just a yeah. badass. We'll give him a gun, <laughs> and it'll work. Right? Exactly. Like exactly. That's literally. <laughs> but but you watch and you're like, I I, I think that's it. I mean, I mean, this isn't on the science. This is on the writing. But like, literally, right before. The aliens come. Chris's mm-hmm. character like doesn't get something he really wanted, like his job. Uh-huh. And he says out loud, "I know I was meant to do something more with my life." And then, boom, <sighs> the alien, the, oh, the, no. the, the 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 future lawyer, the future soldiers come onto the screen. And I'm just cringing. I'm like, how? How did somebody approve <laughs> that writing? Like, come on. Like, really? Like, I mean, exactly. I thought this was 2021. I thought I thought we're cleverer than that at this point. I, I was just, that, that, that's when I turned it off. So everything else I said about the time travel was hearsay from a third party. The second that scene happened, where he's just, like, crying and saying, I was made to do something more, and then soldiers from the future start recruiting them. I was like, come on. What, what's happening? Oh, man. Uh, well, well, it's but nice to know there's still the like B and C pictures being made. No, that's not even a B or C. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in. I saw a B picture. I saw. I, I was. I watched a, a Cosmic Sin with Bruce Willis and Breach with what? Bruce Willis. Those, those were both A level B and C movies, right? They, they, they awesome. were like. like like, like, Tomorrow War was an F.A. movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that was an... They spent like 100 mil probably on that movie. Yeah, that's true. F. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Co- like, this Cosmic Sin movie was Frank Grillo and uh, and uh, Bruce Willis. Actually, fantastic nice. premise. The premise is uh, uh, they have these, like, quantum bombs that, like, make black holes. They're like wild, okay. and they—they've okay. um, they, colonized uh, the local star systems. And Bruce Willis's character is this badass military general, and one of the human-based systems revolted, and he dropped a Q bomb on them, and uh. turned the planet into a black hole. Wild, and he's like half the galaxy loves him, thinks he's a war hero. The other half of the galaxy thinks he's a murderer, and he has to sure. retire. And then Frank Grillo's like the new guy in charge, 
and then a first contact situation happens with an with a hostile species and they have to bring Bruce Willis's character back in and like mayhem ensues and it's a great premise it's a great premise it's very B movie though but sure, it's a sure. great, it's an A B movie it's an That's A B awesome. movie and then Breach which is ironically a uber similar premise both came out within months of each other by the same producer, okay. so it's hilarious. But um, but <laughs> Breach is uh, Earth is dead, basically. Last ship going to Alpha Centauri um, to save you know the two hundred thousand humans they can or whatever. Everyone's mm-hmm. in stasis, and um, and uh, there's some something got on the ship, and it's starting oh, wow. to kill people. And Bruce okay. is part of the team that is not in stasis. That has to stay awake for the four hundred day journey and keep the systems open. So like mm-hmm. these fifteen people are being hunted by this thing, and they have to kill wow. it or 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 all die. And again, it's real. Like that's even a C movie, but it's an sure, A sure. level C movie. You know what you're right, getting right. when you're watching it. Sure, um, right, right. But Tomorrow World's an F.A. movie. I'm, I'm going on the record saying that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> have, you, um, have you seen uh, a Psycho Gorman? Psycho Gorman? What's that? Right, so that's a B-level cult movie that just came out. It is huh. hilarious. Really? Hilarious. Yeah, I mean it's not very sciencey. I'm just tangenting a That's little fine. bit quickly. But it's um basically this like demon warlord dude who like can kill anybody and anything. It has like a Aladdin genie complex where there's like a stone that whoever holds a stone can control him. Right? Ah. Similar to the similar to the genie bottle. And sure, sure. some like 11 year old princess girl gets the rock and is controlling this like warlord dude and it's hysterical it's really really funny i mean it, it is it's a horror movie it's a cosmic horror movie it's b really? and it is but it's, it's funny. really funny it's really i mean it's awesome it's fun like like your kids might find it to be a horror movie you and i will right, think right. it's laugh out loud funny that that was that's a great premise, right? That's an awesome premise. Such a give a kid a genie a and what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, I, I uh, we're actually at Heavy Metal. We're interviewing the uh, the writer for the next issue of the magazine. So I had oh, watched cool. the movie this weekend and I was that's dying. Cool. I thought it was so funny because it's just it's it, to your point, just such such a ridiculous idea. Like the the yeah. most evil person in the galaxy is tethered to this like princess girl who just thinks it's funny that he does things. It's it's really a great premise. Like that's yep. the simplicity of it is so good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but there's um, no space in it, huh? So no, I mean he comes from space, right? Sure. But it's sure. all it's all on Earth, and it's all. Um, 
It's all uh, uh, fabricated uh, uh, practical props. There's no uh, oh, there's no real no CGI. Way. So yeah, it's all practical. Um, so it's definitely a little. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little wild for sure. <laughs> um, and then um, trying to think. What, oh, have you seen? Have you caught up on Loki? Are you watching it? Loki. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, I'm not. I have. Let's see. I've watched three. No, I've watched four. So I think there's five episodes out now. Oh, that one's. I'm pretty sure. That shit. That's what I heard. So don't. Yeah, don't. I'm not yeah. gonna say anything. It is Good. wild. But what I will say is, from episodes one to four, the mm-hmm. the the way Marvel depicts time and this idea of the timelines and the TVA is really mm-hmm. fascinating. Right, even from yeah, a science absolutely. standpoint, right? The idea that mm-hmm. there could be mm-hmm. uh, aberrations in the timeline and that you would have to fix those mm-hmm. aberrations or it could create chaos mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is pretty sciencey, like way more sciencey yeah. than I thought they were going to get with it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's super awesome. Um, it also is kind of super awesome that there's. You know, I feel like Marvel has, even way back, like, they always have had, like, they've always had an organization, like, right? So, like, the, um, like, the the Time Bureau, like, there's always been the Watchers, or there's always been these characters who are constantly, like, monitoring things, because even, even though species out there understand, you know, can manipulate time and understand all this stuff. There's always an element that something can go wrong. So you need to have somebody there to kind of keep it, keep it moving. It's, I think it's that, I, you, I love it. I think it's such a throwback. I, I, I agree. And are you familiar with the, the comics at all for Marvel oh, for like TVA and everything? No, I, well, a little bit. It, um, Let's see. When did? Because you, not... you know, like who the big, the big bad wasn't revealed in five. So no, I'm not giving any spoilers. This is yeah, right. my, um, right, right. my assumption. But I think it's probably Kane the Conqueror, which I'm gonna be really excited about because he is like the most science focused villain in the MCU, right? Which right. would just be so dope. Right. I mean, this is like a mastermind scientist who's figured out a way to conquer time through technology. Right, right, right. That, which, yeah, that totally makes just, sense. It yeah. would just be epic. You know, I, I, I yeah. hope, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on, on the character's name now, but, uh, whoever plays the, the head of the TVA with the black curly hair, that character name, um, mm-hmm. that character in the comics is Kang's lover. Right, right. Rwanda? Oh man, this is going. There's something. Is that what it is? No, um, I'm gonna look it up right now because now I'm. Ravana. Ravana. Okay. Ravana. That makes sense. Yeah, Ravana. Yeah, because she, um, uh, in the comics, it would that that's who King uh, was dating or or in love with, and I would just love mm-hmm. it because we'd be able to talk about so much yeah. Marvel. On here? Oh, yeah. It's Kang, yeah. There's so yeah. much science. There's I so think much science I, in Kang. 
now that you're saying it, that makes a lot of sense to me. I wonder, see, I'm wondering how, are you saying the big bad for Loki or do you think for the big bad for this whole new phase of M- of the MCU? I'm hoping it's the big bad for, I think that they're in, I would, I hope mm. they're introducing Kang at the, like in this series for the next phase. That would be epic. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm wondering, I, the reason why I ask is because I feel like, and Marvel's done this with a lot of the movies and they did it with, um, you know, with WandaVision and stuff like they inter- there is, they reveal sort of this big bad in the series, but that still is not the the driver of, of the MCU. And it's like all these other little big bads are going to start to start to make sense to some other big character that's going to come out in the movies. I but, mean, if we, um, if we want the, if we want the real hope, they, they introduce Kang here, we get doom somewhere later and then Galactus. Right. Exactly. Right? And that that's, be... that to me makes, I mean, yeah, Galactus has not been spoken about. Now, maybe it's because, you know, I wonder if it has to do with the Fantastic Four and the rights around that and the Silver Surfer because... Which they now have. Now that they have they it. Just, that, right, exactly. Now they have them as of like a year ago. So I right. think now they can do it. But yes, Galactus was not talked about for ever for that reason exactly. Right. So that would make sense. But, you know, yeah. Oh, man, that would be so awesome because Galactus was always... I was a big Silver Surfer fan. Um, and just the... I mean... Silver Surfer as a character is amazing. But then to have Galactus, who is always just like, to me, again, just like a force of nature. Like, I eat planets. That's what I do. Like, I even send somebody out to tell you that you're going to be eaten. Like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just doing my thing floating around the universe. Um, And I think that's, that has always been really interesting because it's, yeah, how do you fight, how do you fight a force of the universe who is completely not moral, but not because immoral, but just like it, it's just part of the part of in, how in, he lives. In you know? in in, uh, in the first uh, Avengers, Loki has a line that resonates, uh, which is uh, mm. an ant has no quarrel with a boot. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, yep. That 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 is the Galactus paradigm to yep. a T. Yeah. You know yeah. the 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 hunger. Right, he has to feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. even that, to your point, has so much, so much awesome, uh, applicable science. Silver Surfer specifically has some really cool oh, yeah. uh, uh, science to it. Mm-hmm. What um, what do you think? Uh, did you did you see Black Widow? No, not yeah. yet. Yeah, I was I was at Disneyland on on Friday when it came out. Um, you, but you, it's you, on my list a, for this week. Even better. Oh, I don't know. Really that good. was not a was not a pleasant Disneyland uh, visit. Um, but uh, is it really good? You saw it? Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reason I brought it up is, and you'll see this, they um, they they make it very clear that uh, Natasha is not a superhuman in when she fights, and and the science on it is really nice. And like you know, when uh, you know she gets hit, she gets bruised, and yeah. uh, and they, they 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 really humanize that and science it and make sure you get it and i thought they did a really good job on uh staying true to form on, oh, on cool. the science of it 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to see that. It's been such a long time since a new Marvel movie is there to, to watch, and, and I look forward to them all the time. Did you see it at the theater? Or did oh. you see it on TV? I, I went to the theater. It was pretty fun. Oh, cool. So again, some popcorn and sitting nice. in a lounge chair. It was, nice. It was, uh, I went to the, the Playa Vista one. It was pretty great. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, I haven't been to a movie theater Before- yet. It was the first time I went to a movie theater in 19 months. It was Jeez. wild. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> I, I, first, yeah, it was, a, it was the craziest thing. But um, before we wrap for today, mm-hmm. I want to go back to... I want to go back to some science stuff. So... Yeah. I saw... Um, what was it? In... Um, oh, no. What was it? I just saw it this morning. I was reading something in ARC's... Um, in uh, one of the news places that I find interesting, Arcs uh, Technica. Do you know it? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, Ars sure. Arcs Technica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and huh, let me see if I can find this story again. It was, it was fascinating because I, I, it was something that I thought didn't make sense, and now I can't remember, and clearly I can't find the article on time. So that's unfortunate, but. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Um, no. Uh, so sad. It was something that they had found something with the um, with what they believe dark matter really is. Um, it was really an interesting really? article how they were. Yeah, they were. Um, I guess there's some research. I'm, I'm trying to remember it. I don't want to butcher it or misspeak. But I think there were some researchers that had a thesis that Dark, ener- uh, dark energy was not as prevalent as originally thought because huh. of some equation um, with their ability to track that the um, the velocity of which it's expanding could be attributed to something else mm-hmm. and not necessarily do a force. <laughs> and past that, <laughs> I would be like, really just trying to make things up to say anything to you I, I would need a, i need to re- reference the article but uh I, sure. I, I thought i bookmarked it but unfortunately i didn't the um the idea though pose uh posed another thought to me which was mm-hmm. when when thinking about the universe and thinking about all of the science behind it do you think that it is feasible or possible that we could become a species that is multiplanetary living with colonies Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. we actually know the things about space yeah yeah i totally think so i i think um i mean like again like our friend elon right he wants to be multi-planet um and we have all the technology pretty much i mean not all of it. We have most of the te- technology right now for that to happen and that to start to happen. I don't think, um, I would like to think that the mysteries of the universe are nearly infinite and that, um, we're going to keep discovering things for, you know, millennia, um, way past the time that we're, you know, living in other places or, you know, I mean, I, none of the, propulsion systems that we've even worked that we've even talked about here on this show 
the theoretical ones or something like that, or maybe the somewhat plausible ones or something have to do, have necessarily anything to do with, um, anything like dark matter or something like that, or, or some other sort of physical property of the universe. Um, I think that we're absolutely capable of, yeah, of being a interplanetary species and still questioning and not knowing everything. But what would it be like if we did? Like, what would it be like if we got to a point where we just figured it all out? Like, hey, you know, then what do we do? Then we would be like Kang. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Do do you think that's do you think that's even possible? Like, is there and again, just your own personal beliefs. But do you think there is a God equation? Like, do you think there is a a unifying equation, theory, premise, whatever you want to call it, mm. that can, you know, answer all of the mysteries in, a, in an elegant way that string theory is trying mm. to do, that, you know, uh, geometric unity came out with as a proposition and right. all of these things that, that have come out. Um, yeah. Do you think that's realistic or do you think the universe is more nuanced than that? Um, huh. I think that I, I still think that there is a unifying theory or unifying thread through everything. And I think it's because again, like to the best of our knowledge right now, everything became from a singular event. So it makes sense. It just kind of makes sense that there's a singular event. And so there is that sort of everything propagates from that. But I think there's a ton of nuance in the universe. That's absolutely true. And that's, um, and I think, you know, that's what makes it really interesting. Um, but, but I, I think I'll say this, I think the older I get, the less I'm afraid of not having a unified theory. I think having a unified theory, again, like I still think that it's there and that's kind of the elegance is, is out there, but, but it's also very comforting. Um, and the older I get, the less I, it, it doesn't matter to me. It, it matters to me, like kind of what we find out and stuff like that, but I am not afraid if we find out that, Oh yeah, it's, it's a way more complex. Um, or, you know, it's, uh, there are five things instead of one thing or whatever it is. But, but I do, you know, there is a lot of evidence for, you know, what let's at least say the past 100 150 years let's say that unification and equations that bring a lot of things together it's been very successful in getting us to where we are so it just seems to me that that's probably where things are going um but but again like yeah so short answer i do think that there's a unification out there or there's something that's not I don't like to say it in terms of the um I don't want to personify it at all and say that oh there's something behind all of this stuff no it's all right there but there was a I think there's a way to bring it together even closer than the way it is now but but if that's not the case totally cool with that uh, a way to bring it closer than it already is is a is a nice nice way to put it cuz yeah I I've been thinking a lot about 
everything from like quantum theory to um, string theory. I, I was reading um, Brian Greene's Elegant Universe, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is really interesting book, and mm-hmm. it just gets you to think like when when you get to such a subatomic level like quarks, it's like mm-hmm. like your mind can go to some crazy places. Yeah. Like what exactly. is real? Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. And uh, and yeah, with uh, with the clear, um, with the clear, uh, what do you want to call it? Surge or uprising of quantum as like the the new tachyon in science fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm just so fascinated <laughs> by by it because every every science fiction uh, movie or TV show or IP is trying to tap into uh, the quantum realm or the quantum oh, or the q bomb or whatever that that it's the new thing so i i i'm always right. fascinated by where that uh where that line of fiction and reality actually lands yeah no me too and you know i have to say too that's really the reason why i got into or one of the main reasons why i love science and got into this in the first place is because i think there's a ton of poetry in that um uh not literal obviously but just there's a there's a real like amazing gee whiz quality of that kind of stuff. And it's not so much just even the unanswered questions, but the sort of the making sense of things and trying to deal with these big questions about like, what, what are we, who are we, where do we, where do we live and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's, that's really inspiring. And I think that's, I feel like I'm going to, have to go a little, little far afield, but kind of come back. But I feel like if there was a way for us to grab that and bring it down um, to younger grades, um, I think that that would be another way that we could help get people staying interested in science, being interested in science, all that kind of stuff. Because I think there really is a lot of beauty and inspiration in that stuff. Oftentimes, though, we don't talk about it that way because we think – Oh, well, you can't talk to kids about quantum mechanics or you can't talk to kids about, you know, all this other stuff. And, and I, I, I totally disagree. I think that, I think that you can, it's not easy and you don't get into a lot of math with it, but, um, but that sort of quality of the, of the mystery of the whole thing, but also the, the idea that you can, you can figure this out and it's really beautiful when you do is, um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a great reason to kind of keep going, right? In the face of all the chaos and things like that. So, I, I don't know. I it's, think that's I think that's a perfect way for us to wrap up today because I think that's inspiring. <laughs> I like the um, I like the idea that uh, I wish I wish I was still a kid and my teacher was mm-hmm. like you was like, listen, the math won't make sense, so we're not going to mm-hmm. talk about that. But I want to talk right. to you about the universe. Right. Like that is like, that's the, that, that is, that would make us all a better people if that's how Mm -hmm. the youth or were educated. And, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. I, the, um, I'll say this, the 90 movies, you know, 90s movies, always uh, Mm -hmm. a motif of a lot of them was uh, adult undervaluing a child's imagination. That was like oh, a motif yeah, exactly. across all the yeah. 90s movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah. Think, I think your, your sentiment here is, a, uh, is akin to that, right? It's like, we, we, mm-hmm. we, it's not that they need to understand the litany of math that takes mm-hmm. 20 years to learn. It's just the concepts mm-hmm. should be, should, yeah. we should trust 
our uh, our youth in uh, in starting to understand their place in the universe mm-hmm. and, and thinking about it because thinking exactly. about it is uh, humbling and all of those great things. Yeah, yeah, and just even asking, just saying, like, yeah, you know, what is science? Well, it's a collection of behaviors that we do to figure out the world and all that kind of stuff and blah blah blah. But but then you take it to a different level and say, wait, if you we're trying to ask like where did we come from that's a question that everybody wants to know but we don't we very rarely in in, edu- in science education but then in, even in in discourse really kind of talk about those fundamental questions and how science connects with those questions um they're talked about either as a cliche uncontextualized and nobody understands what it really means but we've all heard it before so we kind of let it pass or they're just not talked about at all and that's yeah i think that's crazy how did we get on this we were talking about you were talking about string theory and quantum okay good (laughs) (laughs) i feel like uh, well yeah we we, you know we're talking about science and then we go down quantum rabbit holes that's the way it works (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well this um, well, thanks guys for listening, uh, to us rambling on our first episode back after a little summer break. Uh, yeah. you know, when, when we come back again, we'll, uh, have John on and we'll make sure we, uh, uh, hear about how, uh, how he did his uh, proposal very quickly. Cause I'm sure you all care just like we do. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about Black Widow and we'll talk about some other, uh, science movies that are, uh, coming out. There's a few, um coming out in the next few weeks that I'm you know very interested in well first fast 9 I'm always fascinated mm. to see how they uh, uh suspend belief of physics with the way they move their cars that's always I know but it looks so a, good uh, uh, that, that will be the debate once we both see it uh and there's uh, a <laughs> and there's a there's a few other uh tentpole science fiction movies coming out soon i believe that that'll be fun to uh to bash on but uh thanks guys for listening and uh tune in soon